0: This episode of the Ring Rad Fellows Show is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ. If you follow the pod, you know we love analysis and information. We don't yell at each other. We don't throw out hot takes. We don't beat the same topics into the ground. That's how CBS Sports HQ does things too. It's a sports network that streams live 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they're focused on bringing you the latest news, highlights, stats, game previews, game reactions, fantasy advice, and gambling picks. No fake debates, no politics, no made up drama. It's just sports for real sports fans. The best part? You get all of this for free. I don't mean a free trial or part of some special cable package. It's legitimately free for everybody. You don't even need a login. Just open the CBS Sports app and watch anytime, anywhere. On your phone or at your home, on your Apple TV, Roku, or Fire TV. It couldn't be easier. So download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. Welcome the Ringer NFL show. I'm Robert Mays, joined as always by Kevin Clark. Kevin, how you doing? But not as always. We are in person. We are sitting in a hotel room in Atlantic City. Uh, We are both here. We watch the games here. I flew this morning, so it's my schedule has been a little bit off. I'm very sleepy, but uh, it was a good week too. So we're going to get into it. We, we're doing a live show in Atlantic
1: City. You we are come. doing a
0: live podcast in Atlantic City at tomorrow. The Sportsbook, at the Sportsbook, at the MGM Borgata. At the Borgata. If you are in the Northeast, if you are a Philadelphia or New York or New Jersey resident, uh, you should come tomorrow. You know, because told- I think it's going to be fun.
1: I Last time we had a live show, there was a guy who stopped me in the street and said, this is the day before, and said, hey, I'd love to come to your live show, but I have a work thing. And I said, quit your job. <laughs> And I don't actually know what <laughs> happened, but he ended up at the thing. I'm sure you remember. And, I do, and he I do. asked a question, and I congratulated him quitting his job. I don't think he actually quit his job, but my advice to you, uh, if you are unable to attend
0: uh, due to work, is to quit your job. And so I, I didn't understand the geography of Atlantic City mm. before. Philly, yeah. an hour so away. Like, because, again, I, I've never New been. New York. I drove from Manhattan. It was about uh, two hours. So you were in Manhattan. Yeah. I've never been a resident of the Northeast before I did an internship in Boston is like the longest time I've ever spent in this area of the world. So I just assumed that I would fly into New York and drive, but I realized that Philly is much, much closer. I had no idea how far South Atlantic city is,
1: but it's great. Yeah. yeah we're it's, it's a, it's a hoot and holler. We're have a great time.
0: Yeah. We, uh, we're looking forward to it again. If you can make it tomorrow, uh, we promise you can just finish work and get here on time. But before we do the live show, we are going to get into everything that happened in week two, and we're going to start with some interesting kind of quarterback developments over the last 12 hours or so, because I think that we saw the old guard of quarterbacks go a certain direction today, and the new guard of quarterbacks kind of continue their rise. Yeah, We're going to start with Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger, both of whom got injured today. The timetable for each of them is not totally clear. Mm. Everything that Breeze seemed to say after the game indicated that he'd be out for a little while. Roethlisberger was out the moment that his injury happened. Yep. So l- let me ask you this. Breeze
1: is staying, yeah, staying overnight in Los Angeles to see a hand specialist. Yes. Very worrying.
0: So, yes. I mean, it's, it's every, like, uh, Adam Schefter tweeted that it, it seemed like it was a very serious thing. So, Which of these is more concerning to you and which of these do you think has larger implications if it's a long-term injury?
1: So the way we're kind of framing this correctly is there's a lot of good young quarterbacks and it seems like there's some injuries to some older guys. Okay. Correct. Now, I tend to think that in week two of the NFL season, everything is fake. I keep saying this, the, the, The you know. The things we thought last week reversed themselves in one week.
0: That's the interesting part, is like is week one real? Is week two real? There's like it's hard to kinda discern what's going on. It hasn't gotten any
1: more real. September is an extension of the preseason at this point. Okay. So what I'm saying is from narrative perspective, the only thing that matters to me is health. Yeah. I don't care about Plan whether, and health. I think yeah, I like don't two care things. if someone looks bad or whatever. I I just, I'm sorry. Like, unless they're, they're unhealthy, I think that they'll get to what they normally are by October, whether that's good or bad. Okay. That's yeah. just sort of how these things work. I tend to agree. So if Drew Brees is significantly injured or if Ben Roethlisberger is significantly injured, that is a huge, huge blow to those teams. That goes us in that's the most obvious point on the planet, um, and so I think this Breeze injury—he's staying in Los Angeles, as we said, overnight. That is really concerning. Now they have a plan. Teddy Bridgewater is a good backup quarterback. He could have gone to Miami. Thank God he didn't, for his sake and, and our sake and New Orleans' <laughs> sake and everybody else. For The sake of his body. For every, there are many reasons uh, that he shouldn't have gone there. And uh, congratulations for him to cho- uh, for choosing wisely. But that's a decent. That's a decent situation but it's not Drew Brees it's not Drew Brees in an extremely competitive NFC and it's not Drew Brees coming off of a a pretty uninspiring loss to the Los Angeles Rams the Saints that I mean look the Falcons won tonight I don't know what they look like the Panthers are in a a weird spot we might get to them in a little bit but what I'm saying is is that they need to get back to the elite of the elite, they need to have Drew Brees for a lot more games, and it seems to see, that then this injury seems to suggest they'll have him for. So I, I agree with everything you said. I think that. So, the de- by the way, Ben Roethlisberger, if he's out, uh, there Mason Rudolph is, so, is an even worse
0: quarterback than than. So let's let's talk about, about the Saints first because I think that the Brees to Bridgewater step is. I, I I'm with you in everything you said, but. If that step is going to be taken for, let's say, six weeks, right? Like, I'm speculating here. How do you kind of think about the NFC if it's going to be a month and a half for Breeze? Yeah. Because I thought Carolina was going to be better than they are. I still think they can turn this around. Again, I think it's early. It was a Thursday night game. We'll get to the Panthers. But if the Panthers are this bad, if the Falcons are kind of a middling team that's in the middle of what we saw the last two weeks— how are you kind of handicapping what's going on in the NFC right now? So there's a couple of things to unpack here. Number one, let's look at the
1: schedule. Saints had the Seahawks next week in Seattle. That's tough. Then they have Dallas. Okay, that's a Sunday night game. Then they had the Bucks, Jaguars, Bears. So that's three wins. Cardinals four ones,
0: so <laughs> they, they could lose t- thirteen to twelve to the
1: Bears mm-hmm. uh, on a so, last second field goal, a terrible two. call, three to two. Um, so I look at the Seahawks and the Cowboys the next two weeks. Which if we're if we're saying that this is even an average injury, Breeze will miss. That's a concern. If they drop two games in the short term, that's a concern. And they start one and three. That 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 is where you start to say, okay, we need Breeze back as soon as we can. Then though that four-game stretch is
0: is pretty good. I don't know when Breeze would return within that window. So the Seahawks, Cowboys, the fact that it's those two teams is is actually really interesting because those are the two teams I kind of wanted to mention. Because Dallas looks awesome. Yep. I mean I mean they just feel they seem to be really locked in. On obviously, they play the Giants and the Redskins. That's a caveat you have to throw out there every single time we're talking about. You know, teams looking good early in the season. But Dallas seems like they are completely in tune with the plan they want to have. They have a really good roster. I think they're a really good team. I understand that the the Steelers, who we'll talk about in a second here, we're playing without Roethlisberger today. But today is one of those games where I feel stupid about some of the stuff I said about the Seahawks before the season started. Because there were only so many great quarterbacks in the NFL, and Russell Wilson is one of those quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And there are times where I'm so frustrated about how they comport themselves and just their game plan in general. But then there are moments where he has to be this yeah. and he's capable of being that. So as I'm kind of thinking about the NFC, the Rams are still good. You know, they didn't look great against the Panthers in week one Breeze was hurt today, but you know, there are players on their defense that are playing better. Everything else. They're well coached. Mm. They have a good roster. They're a very like dangerous team. So the Rams are in that conversation. I, I still think the Eagles are in that conversation. Tonight was yeah. a weird game. Yeah. That, yeah. Yes. But it, after that, it's like, where are we going? Like, yeah. is it the Saints without Breeze? Carolina's not as good as I thought they'd be. The Cowboys seem to be excellent. Green Bay's defense is like terrifying. I mean, it just seems like there's more uncertainty. Again, it's two games, but there's more uncertainty at the top of that conference than I thought there would be two games into the year.
1: Yeah, again, I just can't... Is... Are the Falcons actually better than Philly? I don't know. That I was think the answer a, is no. Really. Yeah, I, 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 that's what I'm saying. I, I mean, that was such a Fal- strange uh, No Alshon game. Jeffrey, no Deshaun Jackson. Like. I, I, I'm having a real hard time drawing conclusions from any of this stuff. And, you know, you get into the Steelers now, they're 0-2. And it was funny, Michael Lopez tweeted this out. And I, only 11% of teams who start 0-2 and make the playoffs. Yep. But, however, however, as he points out, that's not all that much different from just losing two games in a row in any week, in any in Correct. any two weeks. So, and they
0: they had a, a stretch last year where they were kind of on the skid, and they yeah. they kind of came back hot later they didn't in the make year. The playoffs, and, yeah, but, they didn't make it, but they right. like, they were in the conversation. And
1: you start getting into these zero and two teams and all these stats and stuff. Well, a lot of teams to start zero and two are just straight up bad. Yeah, and that's why they don't make the playoffs. It's really hard to say. Well, what percentage of teams with a ton of talent? go O2 and then make the playoffs. I mean there's 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 it's such a um it's a strange trend to bring up all the time. That's why I love this Michael Lopez context that basically O2 is no worse than losing in, you know, weeks 5 and 6. And so I think I'm not all that worried about the Steelers unless again if Ben is injured, Mason Rudolph is not the guy to peel them back from this this O2 hole. So I think the
0: Steelers are a really good kind of entry point into this conversation because Part of the problem with them being 0-2 is the fact that the Ravens have looked so good for their first two games. You know, they didn't blow out the Cardinals today, but Lamar looked excellent again. Niners, Niners and Bengals next two weeks then Lamar. So w- before the season and, and when I was kind of doing my rankings, I feel like there are times where certain franchises I just give the benefit of the doubt and I put higher than them. maybe I should yeah. just based on history. Did we just give the Steelers the benefit of the doubt coming into the season, or should we have given more credence to the lack of Antonio Brown, the youth on defense, the uncertainty on defense, all of those things? I mean, it, the Ben Roethlisberger question aside, even with a decent Ben Roethlisberger, is this an elite team going forward?
1: Hmm. Well, first of all, I don't think we're going to see a average Ben Roethlisberger this year. I, I, I actually I don't know the answer to that. And that's because- the biggest problem. Because if he's got an elbow injury, that's that's significant, especially this time of year. So I don't. I think that might be an unknowable situation. I don't know. Um, is Juju the guy who can carry that entire load offensively? We may never the, know. The answer's been no for so 20, far, right? We, yeah. And and now we may not get to see that offense uh, click at all. So I defer to teams that have done it before and probably overrate them because I my, tend to. My as well. general philosophy is that dumb t- smart teams beat dumb teams. Over time. And if you just keep saying the team that has figured this out before will figure it out again, you're usually right. Um, I thought that, you know, I, I think that there was a case to be made. You know, they didn't have Le'Veon Bell last year and they were still pretty good offensively. You know, Ben Roethlisberger led,
0: led the NFL in passing yards. Also, a that. commentary on running backs versus like sure, game changing sure, receivers. Sure, sure, yeah. sure.
1: But I'm saying that there's just, there were cases to be made that the Steelers could be a division winner this year. Yes. Um, I think that. That's not necessarily a commentary. The fact that we're repositioning this is not a commentary on the Browns, who had a, a, a weak week one. Uh, it's a commentary on the Baltimore Ravens, who I had as the wild card team. But if we're redoing it right now,
0: I would have significantly differently on the pecking order. This shift—that's kind of you know it, again—it's week two. It's early. Let's let's we have to couch everything with that right now. But Brees getting hurt, Robespierre getting hurt, and the way that Lamar Dak. Even Kyler Murray played today. It, 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 I mean, Holmes is like it, – it's not even worth mentioning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just – he's just so goddamn good. It's like – it's ridiculous. It. You've written so much about this, and I think that you've done a very good job of kind of understanding the reasons that these quarterbacks have endured in a way that other classes and other kind of eras yeah. of quarterbacks have not. Is it too early to say that a changing of the guard and a transition is happening, or do you feel like that's – we're getting to that.
1: Point. Yeah, I I kind of said this over the summer. I I knew there would be this weird tension because you have these just undeniable young quarterbacks, guys like Patrick Mahomes, who are taking. It was funny to me. Yeah. The Drew Brees MVP conversation last year was so interesting to me because I think that the media would have loved to give Drew Brees his first MVP. And he was deserving of it. And he, I mean, it, he, was he was on a, on a historic in a, in a perf- run. In a different universe. Yes. But, but Mahomes... If, if, that ha-
0: if it hadn't gone off the rails... Sure. In the last four know. weeks, and they know. had been 15-1, and one, I absolutely think he could have done it even with Mahomes throwing 50 touchdowns. Uh, I really do. I don't know. So, anyway... I wouldn't have agreed with it, but I could have understood why somebody would have been hammering that. Yeah. But I,
1: Mahomes that MVP and, right. and ran away with it. And I think that's that was the important tension there. And I think you you get into this, you know, last year there were three or four playoff games that set the record or came close to it between uh, different age difference and quarter, mm-hmm. quarterbacks who were starting um, Philip Rivers against Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady um, against Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady against Jared Goff, Jared Goff against Drew Brees, those all came really close to setting records or did set the record for difference in quarterbacks. That's going to keep happening. Um we have this incredible generation of older quarterbacks and incredible generation of younger quarterbacks and I don't really think either of them are going away to answer your question. I think it's way too early to say these guys are done. Way too early. Yeah. I mean like think about how many times we've ba- just buried Tom Brady um, yeah, that's
0: it, it, that week four loss to Kansas City like three years ago on that Monday night is always the game I think of when we're talking about even the first month of the season and making kind of declarative statements about what's going to happen.
1: Uh, it's a castle in the sand. The first two weeks are fake. The only thing that matters is health.
0: Do you think that what's happening with these younger quarterbacks is indicative of what's going to happen just with the position in the future? based on structure and the way the position is taught and everything else. We've discussed this in the past. The amount of passing, seven-on-seven, everything else. I had a conversation with somebody recently that I thought was really interesting. This person knows quarterbacks very well. and He acknowledged that just kind of 10,000-hours Malcolm Gladwell-type deal about how much people throw. But he also said that he feels like the way that the position has been privatized is making players like Patrick Mahomes and Carson Wentz a little bit harder to build. So I feel like I, – I don't know if that's necessarily what true. What do you mean by that? The, 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 there's a barrier all for entry of, that's a little higher? Nah, it's all of the – because the, the position is taught so rigidly Yeah, that guys move in a certain kind of uniform way that Mahomes and Wentz and people like that do not. And like, that's something to consider Like over the next 10 years. We won't know that. Yeah. But I still feel like I'm just curious about whether or not just the kind of ecosystem of the sport and the position is going to lend to guys coming in their first, second year and being able to do what Mahomes, Kyler, even Lamar Jackson are doing right now. No, I think they will. I think that what we're seeing, and
1: this is something I've written about a million times, but – What we're seeing from the younger quarterbacks is immediate success because colleges are building great schemes around players and the NFL teams have figured out how to build those schemes around them at the NFL level. NFL eyes them, right? And that wasn't happening for about a decade. So they were getting these players who were essentially playing a different sport at the lower level, I would getting say it's up been here.
0: Even more recent than that, it's in the last like five or six years. No, no,
1: I'm saying happened. there was a, a, a ten year window where the, there was a generation basically lost. Oh yes, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and I would say you know you look at someone like Marcus Mariota, who what if. They did a better job of great building example. around him when he first came in. Obviously, he's had injury problems. You know, He's not Tom Brady back there. But if you give him someone other than Mike Malarkey, who's literally making fun of the University of Oregon's offense <laughs> in, a, in an article <laughs> for um, the, you, you maybe you have a better chance. And so Andy Reid figured this out. I mean, I will never forget. I've sat down with Andy Reid once in my life, and it was in 2013, And he said the college game is always five years ahead of the NFL game. And I wrote that in the column after the Eagles Patriots Super Bowl, where it was that was a big 12 game. That was a big 12 game. And he said it five years earlier. He said in five years, wait for it. And then we're going to get it. And we got it. Andy Reid, smart guy. Anyway, the point of all of this is to say this is going to keep happening because colleges are exploding on offense and NFL the NFL has changed so much; ideas trickle up instead of down. That they're 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 going to be able to replicate that kind of stuff. The rules are not going back. That horse is out of the barn. The rules are what they are. It's only going to get more in favor of the quarterback and the wide receiver. This whole thing is, um,
0: it's more points, not less. Quor- younger quarterbacks will always do well. I watched uh, yeah. I was watching college football just kind of the corner of my eye yesterday you know, while I was like sitting around. And I was watching Kansas State, uh, Mississippi State. And you just, I was watching those offenses, and I was just like, God, this is just so well done. And it, its I really do pick that up. Like Most of the time, I watch college downs. There's so many smart coaches that it's worth the ideas trickling up, and we have seen that. Who would you say is the first example of that kind of let's mold our NFL offense around what we did in college? We say it's RG3 in 2012? Is that the first yeah, you, time so, you remember it? Yeah,
1: so RG3, I remember doing a story the day after where I got the the Baylor offensive coordinator on the phone. He basically said they were running our playbook. Yeah. There was there was literally no. That's difference. the first example I can remember. I, I would also say he doesn't get enough credit for it. Uh, Mike Shula did that with Cam a lot. Yeah, a That's lot. A, it's a, that, it's that, that was the good one yeah. year before. And I think, I'm not sure why he didn't get the credit for it, but he ran some some really familiar concepts with Cam. That's a good one. I forgot um, about that. I would say those two were the first. And then it really kind of went away for a little bit. And maybe, I think RG3, obviously Cam had a huge success with it, but I would say maybe RG3 uh, getting hurt maybe changed a little bit because there was maybe less protection for him or, or whatever it was. But there was like two or three years there where you weren't hearing as many stories about just...
0: Teams importing college playbooks. It was a weird stretch, just like in the league, because that was like when the read option was taking over and you had that like, kind of Kaepernick right. RG3 Russell Wilson run. So it's, yeah, it's a good point. And it, like that, because that 2011 quarterback class was a little bit different. You had Tanner, well, everything else. But yeah, no, that was 2012 with Ponder and those guys. Uh, yeah, me, that's right. All right. All right. Christian Ponder. So let's talk about one more quarterback. Christian Ponder just played in the wrong offense let's talk about one more quarterback before we move on to stock up and stock down. And that is the aging quarterback that seems to have no problems whatsoever. And that is Tom Brady. Mm. I, again, I know they're playing the dolphins, but they're rolling. Antonio Brown seemed like just kind of a perfect fit in what they wanted to do. Not a ton of volume, but I always thought his football impact would be much more considerable than his fantasy impact. And I think that's kind of what we saw today.
1: Yeah. Um, the Dolphins continue. Can the Dolphins tank a little better? <laughs> I mean, they, it was it, like a little better. Like, like, let's know who's on the team. I don't want And wanna... let's, are they watching film? I mean, it was like they were, there. they, there was an extremely famous wide receiver who just joined the team and they did. They seemed to just not be interested in covering him.
0: Do you think they? this is a bigger conversation for later on? Do you think they've taken this too far? It's I? commitment to a bit. I I
1: like the idea of tanking. I'm I in on well. the idea of tanking. Let's be a little better. All right. So how do you be a little better? What, what, well, what would you, you want cover? To say? You
0: cover guys. <laughs> you, you cover guys. You're gonna start. <laughs> that's with, it. You're I think start, that's you're that's the bar you have covering. to clear.
1: You're gonna start with covering. I mean, it's really
0: bad. <laughs> it's 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 fucking brutal, man. I mean it. I don't. And know. I can't. I listen. Could you imagine being a fan of that football team? I mean, like I, I, I have some. never had to deal with this before.
1: I know some. But listen, this is. I, I I don't want to to sort of link back to last week. I don't want to say it's time to get off the ride because it's not. They need to
0: see this through. Yeah. Let's. It's a scary ride, though. But, come on. <laughs> All right. Come on. So before we get to stock up and stock down, let's kind of um, address the Antonio Brown situation yep. as it currently exists. Obviously, he was active. Yep. Uh, something obvious. we've
1: known since the end of the week, probably. Yeah,
0: so it's, that, that's not a surprise. The fact that he didn't go in the commissioner's exemplist, um, everything else, this is something that we probably should have anticipated. He did not talk to the media after the game. He, The NFL has stated that it's going to fast-track its investigation. Yeah. So we've learned a little bit more yeah. since we recorded on
1: Thursday, but not a ton more. Time. Yeah, Ian Rappaport reporting on Sunday that um, obviously he was not Put on the commissioner's exempt list last week, but they have not ruled out doing it later this week. Um, Is that surprising to you? Seems like if they were going to do it, they would have done it. uh, Well, I mean, so so the new thing is uh, that Brittany Taylor um, will be meeting with the NFL's investigators. So there will be new information. I think that there will probably be this will be a week where there is some news um, either way, uh, because they again, they have said that they want the investigation to move quickly. Um, The accuser will meet with the NFL on Monday. So the report that they haven't ruled out the commissioner exemplar sort of dovetails timing wise uh, with everything else, potentially.
0: We'll uh, talk about this more as we learn more over the next week or so. Before we move on, let's take a quick break. Hiring can be a slow process. Calfe Altura's COO Dylan Moskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ziprecruiter.com. Ziprecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, it finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he got great candidates to apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in a few days. With results like this, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within one day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com slash ringer NFL. That's ziprecruiter.com slash ringer NFL. R I N G E R NFL. ZipRecruiter.com slash ringer NFL. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Uh, let's get to stock up and stock down. Uh, stock up, first of all, I just want to talk about the Packers defense again for the second straight week. They played excellent. A Vikings offense that really ran all over the Falcons last yeah. week. Couldn't get much going. I mean, Green Bay's defense looks really, really good right now.
1: I just want to point out that when I'm looking at my notes here, I made a bunch of Bears notes because I was going to make fun of you for a while. And then you don't want to talk about it because you didn't watch enough of the game. But I just want you to know I have some Bears notes. I appreciate that.
0: We'll discuss that later on. Uh, <sighs> yeah, that, my uh, my travel schedule, unfortunately, did not allow me to yeah, watch as, as, as much as I wanted to. Uh, but I, I did watch the end. Uh, so.
1: Unfortunately. Okay. Let's talk about the de- the Packers first. Okay, the Packers defense. A couple of things here. So this is a tweet from Marquise Eversall. Packers defense has held opposing quarterbacks, Trubiskin Cousins, to 51% completions and a 58% passer rating through two weeks. Big it.
0: Pretty good. We talked a lot last week about schematically some of the stuff that they had done, yeah. you know, with Zedarius Smith. Everything else, to me, it's it's a combination of the schematic stuff they've been able to do and individual players. Yep, the Smiths, maybe taking stuff. It's not even the Smiths to me. It was the way Kenny Clark played today. Kenny I? Clark. I mean, he was just everywhere, and he's. I mean, he was a good player for the last two seasons. Kenny Clark is an, a yep. legitimate star. Yep. But for them to keep getting these kind of incremental improvements from their in house players, and, you know, like Donald Savage had a mixed day today, things like that. He'll be fine. I just think that the talent is such combined with how well they're coached. That they're going to be a problem for every single offense they play this year.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that they are. Even Blake Martinez was great today. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's they, mm-hmm. there were
0: so many guys that were all over the place.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry. And I think that it doesn't take a lot for the Packers to be Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. And this goes back to something we've talked about, which is when you have a great quarterback, you only need a couple of breaks. Whereas if you have a bad quarterback, you need every single break. You need the Blake Bortles sort of breaks, which was every single break that year. Now, I think that um, the offense can get better. And I think that also there's some worrying things with the defense. For instance, I saw an interesting note via Ryan Wood that essentially, so they gave up a 75-yard run to Dalvin Cook, sixty-one mm-hmm. yard catch to BB, forty-five to dig forty-five touch, forty-five yard touchdown to Diggs, and then a Thielen thirty-yard catch. The other fifty-five plays, two hundred and ten yards, which is a three point eight average per play. Okay, so they either just just completely destroy the play, or they have a leak at the back. I think that's that's sort of
0: interesting to me. I'd rather be that sort of defense in Week Two.
1: I agree with that. I agree with that. I also think that if you're just going to play sort of home run ball that, you you know, as the season goes along, Aaron Rodgers
0: is going to get you some home runs. So that's, when you talk about the offense kind of finding, you know, their footing, I think that's the best part about the way they've started the season because they're finding their footing and they're 2-0. Yep. Their offense is going to be better. And it's not like Rodgers didn't have a prolific day, but he still made plays today. <laughs> Let's talk about Kirk Cousins. All right. What do you want to talk about with Kirk Cousins? Well,
1: saw this from Jim Trotter. It, within the 10-yard line, he's dead last. Last couple of years in, uh, in everything. In everything. <laughs> uh, completes 44% of his passes, 76 rating inside the 10-yard line. Some of his passes. So on Friday, I texted. A, I meant to text Jason Gay. Uh, of the Sports Reporters former colleague of mine <laughs> and I accidentally texted that's the first
0: thing you mentioned, the Sports Reporters.
1: I accidentally texted Jason Gallagher. Okay. Okay. And then I
0: exit out that and I Which said, is funny cuz you like Jason guy and you just yeah, hate you hate Jason Gallagher. Jason Gallagher. Yeah.
1: But so then I open up the text again and I do it again and I just sent it again <laughs> to Jason Gallagher, okay? And I, I bad kind at text of thought, right? I'm actually not, usually I'm pretty good at this stuff, but I just did it twice in a row and it looked like a psycho because now it just looks like I've just, this huge block of text now has been delivered twice, Jason Gallagher. And I, when I look at some of these cousins throws, I'm just it's like, you did it again. You did, It's like locking your keys in your car, sending the same wrong text to the same person twice in a 15 second span. Can we get a little bit of improvement, Kirk Cousins, in the end zone?
0: It's not to the same degree, but it kind of reminds me of the Jameis Winston thing in a way, mm. where it's sometimes a quarterback is just, it, he is who he is. Yeah. And there's just, there's no way to kind of change his stripes when you're five, six years into your career. Cousins puts the ball on the ground a lot, there are some just mind boggling throws. And he's going to do some stuff that, every once in a while, you're like, "Wow, that was brilliant," and it—that's kind of—it seems like that's the mix we're going to get with Kirk Cousins. I Not still going think to change. Kirk Cousins, as a matter is of putting him in the right situations,
1: I still think Kirk Cousins is good. I, I think so too. I'm—I'm I'm generally pro Cousins, but on a day like today, I just can we just take a step
0: forward? All right, let's get to our next stock up. Uh, the Buffalo Bills might be okay. They looked really good today. Might be okay. 2 and 0 I saw
1: all their fans at uh, Secaucus <laughs> as I was as
0: I was going to pick up my rental car. A um, few things about the Bills I love today. One, they looked good. Two, hmm. did you see uh, a reporter asked Josh Allen yes, after the I game? Did. They said, uh, you had a chance to be in New York. And he said, I am in New York, which is just, it's a great move. It's just a great response. Really like it. I uh, I, I need to share this really quickly.
1: Josh Allen has surpassed 200 yards in passing in seven consecutive games. The longest streak since Jim Kelly in
0: 1992. That's so depressing. 200, 200 yards, yards is not that many <laughs> it's yards. It's not that many yards. <laughs> in an NFL game, you should have 200 but yards I passing. Also, I also think that
1: there's probably not a lot of quarterbacks who even started seven consecutive games for the Bills. Like I kind of think there's just been so many stops and starts that... And
0: then when they do, it's, it's your, it's your Trent Edwards of the world. If we're ranking quarterback purgatory franchises, post Jim Kelly, the Browns are number one, right? I mean, they have to, to they have a Jersey. I'm sorry. Yeah. The Browns, the Browns. Yes. So the Browns are one. I would argue that my team is in the but conversation. But I would say it's
1: kind of strange because post-Jim Kelly, like the Browns were still, then they became the Ravens. The whole, that, that that's but so I weird. Mean like,
0: No, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's, that, that, it's,
1: that was my interpretation. Yeah, yeah since
0: like 19, like since your, 2000, let's Your, say your that.
1: franchise is still
0: there. I like the Browns. Oh, trust so. me. I, I'm yeah. very aware of that. I would would you, say, hey, would you rather have Josh Allen or Mitch Trubisky? I don't want to get into it. I i I, I'm not I, I, I haven't thought podcast. enough about it. I'm not it. saying
1: another word on this podcast to so answer that question. I
0: haven't thought enough about it. Come on, I'm not going to answer that right now. I'd have to consider it. Okay. The answer I, I I I'd have to think about it is enough of an answer. I think. Okay, it's I, I I'm really not willing to get into the Bears right now. I, I need like two or three days before we like emotionally engage with what what just happened. You have to give a deep dive into how the Bears won that game on later in the week. That's fine. Yeah. We, we can talk about that on Thursday. That's fine with me.
1: Or at the live show since that's actually the show we're going to be
0: doing. I will rewatch. It we're tomorrow. actually doing a later uh, show. What do we think about the Buffalo Bills? Hmm. Because I think that coming into the season, both of us thought that they had a very well thought out plan. They were abiding by that plan, and we had faith in them moving forward. Do you think they're a little bit further along than you gave them credit for coming into the year? Or do you think that's a little I,
1: bit early? Whoa, I was super high on the Buffalo Bills coming into the year. I really liked the Bills. Um, I just thought that it got into... I, got, I, I just mean like, can yeah. they win 10
0: games? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh,
1: it's, definitely. I mean, it, it it got into... It goes back to what I said 10 minutes ago about how when you have a quarterback like Josh Allen, who's not a you know objectively great quarterback need a lot of breaks a lot of talent around him and need everything to, to go right including you know getting some lucky breaks and also having him maximize his talent so I think yes I think he can he can get them I think it's probably a nine-win team this year is my guess but then I think that, I, I want to make sure that I, I did say that. I'm pretty sure I said that they would be in the hunt You know, one of these almost like what the Titans were last year where it's like they're it's week 16 and they're they've got a mathematical chance to
0: make the playoffs kind of thing. That's where
1: I saw them this year.
0: I in terms of win loss record, I I agree with that. But I feel like the the discussion we've had about them is much more optimistic than discussions we've had about the Titans in the past just because of the way they've built this team. I loved everything they did along the offensive line Mm, uh, in the offseason. And to watch that kind of come to fruition over the first two weeks, you know, Feliciano is playing well. Niseki is playing well. And they've really kind of set up Mitch Morse to succeed. And to do that on the relative cheap, they paid Morse, obviously. But Feliciano, Niseki, all those guys, they didn't pay much for it. And for them to kind of build this team in a responsible way through free agency. While trying to bring along their in-house players, I just have been really impressed. I think they have one of the best plans team building wise in the NFL. And so far, it's coming together quicker than I thought it might.
1: yeah, and that's that's why I really liked, you know, Cole Beasley as an option. He had a
0: huge player, even today. John Brown. I mean, like even John it, Brown, both, both of those, those guys, guys I liked what they the were numbers doing. are funny money with both of those. they those yeah. are cheap contracts. Yeah,
1: I liked what both of them were doing um you know josh allen i actually in a strange way was was fairly impressed today with some of his shorter passes and he played well and the, and the accuracy there um i saw him as sort of a home run hitter in the past and i don't think that that's um i think he has a lot of capability for improvement on some of the more sort of routine throws
0: Absolutely. But I do think that games like today are encouraging when it comes to Josh Allen. I think this is the type of game you want to see from him. It's He's functional. He's making good decisions. He's more accurate than he thought he would be. It's This is, I mean, again, it's against the Giants. We always have to do that two weeks into the season. Oh, my but God.
1: The Giants are just awful.
0: They're a nightmare. I mean, they, they are an absolute nightmare. Oh, my nightmare. God. I, they, the, the, I think the Cowboys are good, but it's kind of hard to discern that right now.
1: Eli Manning, just get get him out
0: of there. So get, get, get it has to order. happen soon, right?
1: Uh, yeah, don't they have the Bucks next week?
0: Well, there you go. That, that might be the time to do it. All right, one more stock up. I, I mean, this is kind of a cursory, kind of obligatory go Bucks Redskins. Here. Oh yeah, might they might, they might, might as well throw.
1: Well, they have the Giants and Patriots, so they're going to beat the Patriots with Eli. <laughs> You've got to keep him in for that. It's
0: it's almost like how some teams put their new quarterback in after the bye.
1: Yeah. With the Giants, you have yeah. to keep them in for the Patriots well, they game. The Card- and then- they have the Cardinals after that.
0: Maybe that's Eli's last hurrah. <laughs> just, just the Sun- Patriots Cardinals? It's
1: Sunday night. No, no. Giants Patriots. It's Sunday Ooh. night on my birthday, which should, just doesn't have much to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> did, I, really did I inspired... tell you did I tell you that I, a couple months ago I saw Eli Manning in the airport and the lead singer of Pantera took a photo with him and Eli didn't know who it was Phil Anselmo. yeah it's
0: bizarre yeah
1: and then people were watching because half the people not half the people like 70% of people were like look it's Eli Manning and then like five people were like hey it's Phil Anselmo."
0: I would recognize Eli did not, I, I love I like Pantera mm-hmm. I would not recognize Phil I only Phil knew it because someone saw.
1: said it in the Hudson News that makes as sense as it was happening what
0: a weird airport interaction yeah Someone recognized Phil Anzamo at yeah. an airport and told you it was Phil no, Anzamo talking was, to Eli Manning. Someone was
1: talking about it loudly in the, in the Hudson News. They were like, because I saw Eli that taking the most photo bizarre with airport I, moment I could, Eli I've Eli ever was heard about. Doing, Eli was doing photos in like the, the. Gotcha. Um, I don't even remember, the hallway, basically. Like gotcha. A bunch of people were coming okay. up to him. And then one of them was someone, someone in the Hudson News like that is the lead singer of Pantera. And I said, that's... This is all very strange, and then yeah, Eli man, it was just incre- it was it was a uh, it was all class from Eli, just taking photos with the
0: folks. That's, I, really, the only argument for why he's the starting quarterback of the New York Giants, I've right? I've talked now. about
1: this before. He, I think he's he's great in the building.
0: All right, it seems like every single week uh, we could probably use the Chiefs' offense to stock up. We might as well do it now. I mean, it they're just ridiculous. I don't I don't know what else there is to say at this point. He threw four touchdowns, four, four in touchdowns, the second quarter. all
1: of them over. 20 yards in the air. Okay. Since they've been tracking that one person has done that in a game and it's Jared Goff in a game. He did it in a quarter.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. I I, I don't think the chargers are, or, excuse me. I don't think the Raiders are great on defense, but I do think that when you do that to an NFL team and when you make it look as easy as they tend to do, then you don't have to throw in any sort of qualifier about who you're playing. All right, let's get to stock down. Do you want to talk about the Sunday night game? Yeah, what the hell was that game? I don't what do you I mean, I, I don't think any differently about the Eagles necessarily. Uh, they didn't have Deshaun, the no. they didn't have Alshon Jeffrey. I, I'm with
1: you. Everybody, well, no, I I'm starting to worry that that Carson Wentz is just gonna get the crap knocked out of him. I mean, I that's not even a that's not a, a necessarily a fault of the Philadelphia Eagles, but this is a guy who looked really uh, really banged up the entire game. Yeah. He was nursing his ribs at the beginning then he had to come out for Josh McCown. Josh McCown... Briefly. Briefly. I mean, for like 10, 5 plays, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, how many alarms do you have set, Robert Mays? Several. Good Lord. Okay. So these are these are the little details you pick up when you see. <laughs> it's like how scouts insist on seeing a player in person. When you pod in person you see all sorts of new things.
0: I mean, I've got to wake up very early to write, so okay, I, I'm, I'm ready. Um. All right. So...
1: Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think that there's anything to take away from this, really, for either team, um, except that the Falcons don't go in that zero and two hole, and that Carson
0: Wentz just needs to stop getting the crap knocked out of him. It's this is a larger conversation, but it's I feel like one of the themes over the la- the first two weeks of the season has been how some quarterbacks, no matter their pass protection aren't going to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily – we talk about this with running a lot, like our guys sliding, our guys taking hits, things like that. But in the pocket, there are still ways to keep yourself healthy, to get Mm -hmm. rid of the ball quickly, everything else. And Wentz just isn't one of those guys. I mean, the best throw he made today, he was getting dragged to the ground and threw it while his knee was half an inch off the ground. And that's part of his brilliance. But if you're that style of player – you're likely going to take more punishment than you need to.
1: Hey, can I run past a theory that I've made up about four hours ago? Sure. Is it, this, are some of these younger guys, whether that's, you know, Andrew Luck loved getting hit on the first play of the game. You know, he grew up in Texas doing the seven on seven straight up high school stuff. Is the way these guys are playing when they're younger, more conducive to just physical contact because they're running more RPOs, more read options, stuff like that, that they are more comfortable taking physical contact and then that
0: at the upper levels of the game then starts to wear on him. I'm writing about this next week and I've talked to some people about this and I think it's a really interesting thought. I what about just how much, how much you're getting hit. Yeah. 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 And so that like that age of quarterbacks, but I think we've seen that with older guys too. Like Roethlisberger was like that for a while and then he changed as he got older Rogers too. And well, um, Rodgers still holds on to the ball. Yeah. it's I think that Rodgers, like, I feel like some guys have that playing style. I think with Breeze and Brady, those are the two guys that I would say kind of are the best at making sure they get rid of it quickly. They negotiate the pockets subtly. I think they've always kind of had that knack and that instinct, but I do think it's become more honed as they've gotten older. So I'll be curious what these guys look like 10 years into their career versus right now.
1: Yeah, and I also think the part of it with the younger generation especially is not anything other than they're taking more punishment than ever because they pass more than ever. They're dropping back more than ever. They're getting hit more than ever. And this is something Kevin Seifert a couple of years ago had a really good piece about just the cumulative number of quarterback hits, not sacks, not anything else, just the amount they get hit on the ground. I actually talked to Chris Borland about this when he came and did... Um, he came to uh, Bill's podcast and I sat in with this a couple of years ago. We talked about it a lot and he's like, it's not just, and the problem is not actually just that. The problem is how many like spring practices there are and stuff like that. I and mean, when quarterbacks get hit, they get the crap knocked out of them from the time they're 14 years old. Um, I need to just briefly derail this podcast. Warren sharp Mitchell Trubisky becomes the first starting quarterback to win a game despite averaging 4.4 yards per play or less, passing for 120 yards or less since he did it in 2018. Here are the only full-time starting QBs with this feat. 2019, Trubisky. 2018, Trubisky. 2017, Jay Cutler. 2016, Brock Osweiler. Do whatever you need to do. We can keep going with this.
0: I just thought it was going to be different. Well, we all did. That's life. I just, I, I thought that the last couple years were going to be different in the sense that it wasn't going to be all about can the offense score 14 points and have the team win. But that's where we are again. I tweeted this when it happened. It's the hope that kills you, Robert It's It's a very comfortable place for me because it's where I've existed my entire life. Is disappointed <laughs> no it can the team score 17 no, know, points and win I know, I know. Like, can we get a special teams or defensive touchdown because it's the only way that there are going to be points it, it it's in a weird way i'm okay with this because it's so familiar okay before we move on let's take another quick break Today's episode is brought to you by Floor & Decor. Don't miss out. Floor & Decor is the only one-stop flooring shop that keeps general contractors, flooring specialists, and renovation experts ahead of the game. Thanks to their fully stocked warehouse of hard surface flooring, no job is too big. Job lot quantities of tile, wood, and stone are in stock and available for convenient worksite delivery. And their dedicated pro services team is here to help and make it easy for you to run your business, offering everything from 14-day product storage to financing solutions to express pickup. Sign up for Pro Premier Rewards and you'll automatically rack up points that you can exchange for prizes. Plus, you'll have access to over 15 discounted services to help you grow your business. Explore your local floor and decor and discover how quality flooring products at everyday low prices can completely change your game. Visit flooranddecor.com today to locate the floor and decor nearest you and score savings and service you won't find anywhere else. That's flooranddecor.com. For over 20 years, DirecTV has been the exclusive home to NFL Sunday Ticket, the only way to get every live game every Sunday. Good news, NFL fans. DirecTV has expanded the service. If you live in an apartment or an area where DirecTV service is not available, you can now get DirecTV without a satellite. To see if you're eligible, go to NFLSundayTicket.tv and stream every NFL Sunday Ticket game this season to follow your favorite team no matter where you live. Use promo code RINGER at checkout to save 15%. Exclusive student discounts also available. All right, one more stock down. What do we think about Cam Newton right now? Yeah, he's banged up. Do you think that this is a health thing? Do you think that this is just something that's going to continue? Do you feel like Thursday night is a short week early in the season and an aberration? Where are you kind of sitting with all of this? Great
1: question. I think that we need to be mindful of the fact that, again, it's it's early in the season, but it could be... Off-season shoulder surgery. Four-day week. Off-season shoulder surgery. And what we need to be mindful of is that it could either be just an early-season aberration, just a rough two weeks, or it could be kind of long term health problems catching up with cam or or it could be that it is an actual injury problem but it's temporary cuz it was off season shoulder surgery so i think that any of, i think those three options it is not I, i'm not a coach quarterback or doctor so i i'm just <laughs> going to say that they're all all three are likely
0: to me th- what i'm worried about is the way they're using him it's not how he's looking. Well, I think the lack of but, running,
1: but but, the, but that
0: suggests something deeper. Does that suggest that he's hurt, or does that suggest that they're doing everything they can to make sure he doesn't get hurt? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. I, I talked
1: I talked to Ron Rivera a little bit about his load management stuff uh, in August, and they were really really careful with him. So I think it's a little bit of both. Remember, there were there was some sort of. There was some weirdness around that injury, um, where they just really didn't. There was no timetable. There were no real updates. Similar to the luck thing, last and year. then one day, yeah, and I, I didn't actually want to make that comparison here because luck retired, sure, but that but that it was the obviously same kind of, the same kind of like it. wait, well, what's happening yeah. with this shoulder? And so there were no updates, and then one day they were like, he's throwing, um, he's throwing and he's full go. So I thought that was strange, and so I think that there's. This is going to be a journey for Cam. Uh, I'm not going to bury him. I'm I'm with you on the Panthers having a good roster. Um, let's check out their schedule. They have the Cardinals next week and then the Texans. That's two wins. And if the they Jaguars. lose to Arizona, I
0: think that that's when we can kind of start having a conversation. They go
1: Cardinals, Texans, Jaguars, Bucks, then Niners, Titans. So they don't really have a juggernaut coming
0: anytime soon. All right, let's stay on the Jaguars for a second because let's get to our challenge flags. And I want to throw one just about the dust up that happened on the Jaguars sideline today. Because yeah. I think that sometimes we overreact to this stuff, but I do think there's something to read into what happened when Doug Marone came over to Jalen Ramsey after he was kind of a little bit heated on the sideline. Because the two guys on the bench, I can't remember who exactly it was, I think it was 25, 25 and 26. And 26. So it was DJ Hayden and Jared Wilson. And the way they both reacted to Doug Marone coming over to Jalen Ramsey, we've seen this all the time. Sometimes people get really emotional on the sideline. There are moments that you know, aren't worth reading into everything else. But I do feel like that was worth paying attention to. They jumped off the bench and essentially told Doug Marone to go away in that moment. Do you think yeah. that I'm overreacting there? Do you think that maybe that speaks to something a little bit deeper that's going on?
1: As far as them just not, them not having respect for Doug Marone? Yes. I don't know the answer to that. I think that there's, I think that, I he, can't so first of all, like logistically, happening. logistically, he was, Ramsey was sitting down. Yes. So they couldn't get Ramsey away.
0: Yes. So it could have just been that. Yeah, maybe they were like, just leave him alone. He needs a minute, yeah. something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't, I don't think that that necessarily suggests anything. I think that the actual spat is the problem, um, in my opinion. Like that, that was was a little more heated than you normally get on the sidelines. I, I you know, you've, we see that every couple months or whatever. But I just didn't. It's, uh, it is as Joe Girardi said, and now has now been stolen, Mallory Rubin. It's not what you want.
0: I just feel like there's a lot of stuff going on with that team right now in that locker room. And I, I'm probably yeah. paying more attention to it and I'm probably a little bit more vigilant about that team than I am with most. And when I see something like that, it definitely makes my ears perk up a little bit. Well,
1: listen, I mean, it, it reminds me of a little bit of the Seahawks locker room a couple of years ago, except without the Super Bowls and the success. <laughs> Again, <laughs> what it, not what you want. It's not what you want. No, it's just, you know, you get... It's funny because Gus Bradley was there and he brought in a couple of those guys but it's I forget what the I forget what the defensive coach was for the Seahawks I forget what it was and uh, he just said someone said what's the locker room like and this is in Seattle and he said alphas 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 and yeah. that was it and and when you get those guys they're not alphas selectively they they, they do it when it's uncomfortable and um, that's something that when the good times are good, as you've seen in Seattle, those guys can be great leaders and great players and great quotes. And in Jacksonville, they've been all three of those. And sometimes you end up fighting with Doug Marone. All right, what's yours?
0: Uh, Can we get Cliff Kingsbury's fourth down chart? (laughs) (laughs) I So Chris Brown tweeted about this today and, and I tend to agree with him in the sense that for a coach that's just starting... It's understandable that they can be a little bit cautious with moves like that because they maybe, don't have the cash. Maybe
1: Chase Stewart had Kingsbury his the first coach since the goalpost move in 1974 <laughs> to attempt three field goals while trailing from inside the five.
0: Don't lay up, Cliff. It's so funny because you know it's obviously like you know, Doug Peterson is in his own category. You know they went for it on fourth and whatever today inside the five. They scored a touchdown as they should have. So there are some coaches that are like just very, you know, this is what I am. We're going to make the right decisions. But some of the best coaches schematically yeah. in Sean the league, McVay. McVay is the exact – is the perfect example. So you have the, these coaches that are – we we think of these progressive thinkers that are so conservative in these down-and-distance choices, and it's so bizarre. I just – I assume that someone will, one, get in his ear, and two – As he gets a little bit further into his career, this may change. But it's kind of weird.
1: You know what I heard about Kingsbury um, that I thought was interesting to me? There's a couple people who kind of know him and sort of know what's going on over there. He says the persona that's developed around him is inaccurate and makes him uncomfortable. Like this, like yeah. kind of like riverboat gambler, good looking, like yeah. outlaw. He's just that's what Steve Time told me about him. He's just kind of a football coach. Like, he's got great, he's got a great, great offense and all this stuff. But, like, this whole like Ryan Gosling thing, that's not really his personality. Like, it's he's not, not like super cocky. Yep. He's not, he's just kind of a football coach.
0: And there's Time told me he gets in at five, 4.30 every single morning. Yeah. And he literally just sits in his office until like six and then goes home. I mean, it's just 6 p.m. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, we found your problem if it was 6 a.m. No, it's, it's, (laughs) I mean, he's he's there for like 14 to 15 hours a day and he just draws up plays in his little cave and then he goes home and then he gets up the next morning and he does it again. He just, he's not, he, he, the, what he, literally what he said to me is he's like a grandpa
1: and it's a grandpa who doesn't understand that it's now (laughs) analytically important to go forward and forth down. Um, yeah, I let's just let's
0: just come on, just go for it. We'll see what happens. I, again, I think that if you get a little bit further into your career, you know, you're more than f- two games into your time with a certain team. You have a rookie quarterback, all that uh, stuff. You, you got know, fired. hopefully you it's not
1: fired from your last job. You know what it feels like. Let's just Ho- hopefully no,
0: it's not a. As a
1: Arizona legend once said, "No risk it, no biscuit." Mr. Bruce Arians,
0: one and one, Bruce Arians. All right. Let's get to tomorrow's headlines. I feel like it's going to be about what happens with Breeze and Roethlisberger. I, yeah. mean, I think that that's just, it's the long and the short of yeah. it.
1: Yeah. And also, I did find me some overreaction. Uh, yeah. Probably, probably some weird Eagles overreaction. I would not be yeah. surprised if there's a, is this the end of Eli narrative in New York? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised it hasn't
0: been, that drum hasn't been also, getting hit harder let's not, to this
1: point. Let's not. Overlook the idea that um, the Jets might just be an all-time disaster on Monday night.
0: Oh, I'm looking. Well, he, well so, here's I'm the, deal. So here's the deal on this.
1: Here, here's the important part. It's Jets and Browns, and we have the Cape. We have a double disaster game. This <laughs> is like a, this is kind of a it's kind of a loser leaves town match a little bit in the sense that like it's not strictly that, but
0: in terms if of the Browns dysfunction too. yeah,
1: oh it is God. going to be people going to lose their minds. Circus. And if the Jets start 0-2, it's also going to be a very different circus, but a circus nonetheless. Sam Darnold has mono. There was a headline in The Athletic I saw yesterday that said, what is mononucleosis? A deeper look into Sam Darnold's... Thing I don't know is uh, the illness. things we
0: could not have predicted about the, I was the days at this before and week and two. Just of the like, this is me.
1: I'm I'm happy the beat writer did that. Just kind of explain what it was all about. But I just didn't see that as the explainer on a Saturday before game two.
0: I have Baker and Lamar <sighs> Jackson in a fantasy league, yeah. and I, the fact that I didn't get to play Baker against this Jets team when the bounce back game is just clearly written was frustrating. But I'm very happy that I decided not to. Because Lamar Jackson was great again today. So I, I do feel like it, it's going to be a nightmare game for the Jets. I agree. But if it's when not. When Trevor Simeon throws for 400 yards, the, it'll be not, very funny. But, if
1: it's not a nightmare game for the Jets, then there's going to be an incredible bit of news, like a news circus in Cleveland. All
0: right. We'll be back on Thursday, previewing week three. Uh, again, if you are in the Northeast and you are available tomorrow, or even if you're not, come see, see us if
1: you're not available come see us at the borgata make yourself available me
0: kevin ryan russell will be doing a live podcast right before the monday night game which will be i don't know worth watching in one way or another <laughs> no matter what happens so please <laughs> is, come is see sam us. sam darnold available to come watch for this <laughs> he probably is as always guys thank you so much for listening to the ringer nfl show on the ringer podcast network we'll talk to you soon Today's episode is brought to you by Floor & Decor. Floor & Decor is where the pros go for tile, wood, stone, and installation materials. But the best part about Floor & Decor is their pro services and loyalty reward program. From the dedicated pro hotline to the exclusive pro app, your Floor & Decor team is just a touch away. Visit flooranddecor.com to find the location nearest you.